Welcome, welcome. Welcome. So today we're going to go over the bottle Larceny. Kind of the hist- a little bit of history behind it. Flavor profile, the aroma, so forth. And then we're going to get into the Olympic 1996 bombing and the accusation of an individual that was innocent the whole entire time and then go into the individual that was founded guilty and his confession. The chase. The chase to be caught. Larceny. Larceny bourbons. There's, There's three different ones. There's the barrel proof, small batch, and then the Fitzgerald that they have. Um, the large, the one that we're reviewing is the small batch. It's 92 proof. Uh, it's a little bit smoother of a bourbon. It is a weeded bourbon, and we'll go over their mash bill a little bit. So there's 25% more wheat in this bourbon versus traditional, or not even traditional, other weeded bourbons, 25% more to be exact. More gluten, baby. More gluten, more better. <laughs> um, but we'll kind of hit the, the mash bill a little bit, kind of the flavor profile that you will get with it. We're letting it air a little bit so that, that those flavors can really stand out. So let's get into the weeded difference. So their weeded bourbon is 60, uh, 68, oh, 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. Like more traditional weeded bourbons, it's gonna be 70% corn, 16% wheat, and 14% malted barley. So the malted barley goes down by 2%, weeded bourbon goes up about 4%, and the corn goes down about 68%. So what their intent was to get a smoother, richer bourbon, um, what I, I've noticed on this, on the, at least the aroma with it, it kind of reminds me of a sweet cereal, kind of like Cheerios. Mm. And a little bit of vanilla. You definitely get those caramel notes just A little bit of a leather on the back end. But those sweet notes really pop forward. So that rich Cheerio, uh, Cheerios note and that vanilla really shine through. A little bit of toffee I'm noticing now. Um, before we take a sip, I'll kind of go into who was Johnny Fitzgerald. So that's who it's based off of. So he was a bonded U.S. Treasury agent uh, who had access to rickhouses where the bourbon barrels were aged and stored for an extended period uh, period of time. His position gave him the means and the opportunity to steal taste of some of the best bourbons around. Um, by using his keys, Fitzgerald would let himself into the rickhouse thieve bourbons from the best barrels and take a jug of it home for himself. Like, hey, you know what? I have this access. I'm just going to steal the bourbon so I have the best fucking bourbon. That is uh, the ultimate party flex. When you show up and you got your own barrel, like, 
Hey, just your own, like, guts <laughs> taking it out. So what uh, distillers started to notice when it came time to dump barrels, they were found to be usually light. The barrels were light uh, and exceptionally smooth. So I guess it helped a little bit to, uh, to an extent. But these barrels became known as Fitzgerald barrels because they knew that he was stealing the bourbon. Well, uh, you got to sample the product. I mean, obviously, you have to make sure it's yeah. safe to drink. You don't want to. You want to make sure it's not poisonous. Yeah. That's what my parents would always tell me when they would steal my food. Yeah. Gotta so make sure. The, what's interesting is the brand was later sold to the famous whiskey man Pappy Van Winkle. Interesting. And, yeah. Uh, they've won it. Uh, they've the family or the distilling family have won uh, some awards for their weeded bourbon. Uh, their larceny small batch, larceny barrel proof, and the old Fitzgerald bottled and bond. So bottled and bond is pretty much U.S.'s um, guidelines of how bourbon should be produced. It's just following that, pro- uh, that process. And they got whiskey of the year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yes, is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty legit. So if you can pick up a bottle at your local liquor store here in Oregon, a bottle of the Larceny Small Batch 92 Proof runs you approximately 25 bucks, 25, 26 bucks. Not bad for the price, especially if you just want kind of a daily sipper or if you want to make cocktails with it. It's definitely good for drinking neat or cocktails, whatever your preference is. There's no wrong way of drinking whiskey. But my opinion is, is like you should drink whiskey neat. It's a nice bottle, and surprisingly, for the price point, this is a nice bottle. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get a nice bottle. So again, on the nose, you're kind of getting more of the Cheerios. That wheat comes out, the sweetness, and then get a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of toffee, a little bit of leather. Uh, we'll take a sip, kind of see what notes that we're kind of capturing on that. Very sweet, smooth finish. Yeah, it's like kind of sweets where you just make a fresh batch of waffles and then you eat it. Like a nice hot waffle. Like a sweetness, uh, but you get a little bit of that wheat. Like a uh, what do I'm thinking of? What's the protein ones? Are they brand? Yeah. Kodiak cakes. Kodiak cakes. That's kind of like, because they're more, they got like, I mean, better better wheat or flour or whatever's in them, but to where it's kind of that more sweet, uh, sweet but not super like. Kind of reminds me of <clears throat> Belgian waffle. Mm. The richness, the sweetness that's naturally in that waffle. I like waffles. You ever had uh, bacon in your waffle? Like little bacon bits? Chop them up, put them in your... Dude, I've done it in pancakes. I haven't done it in waffles yet. Pancakes is my favorite, but it's good, I'm too. i to try that now. Yeah. Now I'm getting hungry thinking about it. But this is smooth. Very, very delicious. Highly recommendable. You definitely get the toffee. A little bit of vanilla. 
like candied fruit a little bit on the back end. And then this leather note kind of pulls it all together and lingers for a little bit. So it's a little drier on that finish. Overall, it's a good bourbon for just a sipping bourbon. It's really good. It's not super hot. Like, there's definitely some of those whiskeys that are more so, like, you know, you're drinking for a purpose, not a taste. Yeah. And I think this one definitely qualifies for the uh, the taste. It definitely has a nice flavor profile, nice aroma. If I have to reckon, uh, recommend a bourbon, this is definitely going to be one to just have on hand. Mm-hmm. If someone wants something a little bit warmer, they want a bourbon neat. Or even if they just want, like, an old-fashioned, this would make a really good old-fashioned. Yeah, a couple dashes of bitter and a sugar cube. Mm-hmm. Big ice chunk. Mm. A little orange peel and some bourbon cherries. Can't go wrong with that. Okay. <clears throat> so bear with us for a second while we gather our thoughts when it comes to the Olympic 1996 bombing and kind of why we decided to go with this one the winter olympics are going on two it's a pretty fascinating story very undertold yeah very undertold i mean there is a movie well and also i mean clint eastwood produced it so it's kind of a flex but it's clint eastwood he can do whatever he wants and it will be good there's also the Netflix series on it, but I just feel like, you know, for the most part, unless you're, like, into, like, specifically watching that kind of stuff, there's so many people that probably don't even know about it. Because it wasn't, like, a huge... I mean, a lot of people got hurt. Not a ton of people died. Well, also, the government fucked up. Well, that Big seems time. that seems to be the trend in modern-day times, so... It just continues. It just continues. From 1996 on. From the... From everything that's going on, it's just fucking continues. Since the day I was born. The year I was born. You were born in 96? I was. I'm a youngster. Jesus. Shut up. You're like 94? 93. Oh. Oh, sorry about your luck. (laughs) (laughs) 90s. Pretty much since the 90s. Yeah. 90 kids, 80 kids. They're the best. The 2000s. <laughs> People born after 9 11 don't even count. Okay, so. <laughs> so. You ever thought about that? People that are were born after 9 11 can now legally drink? Really? Yeah, I mean, 2001. Yeah. So it'd be this year, mm-hmm. right? This year they. No. Yeah, tw- 21. So if you were born after 9 11. Yeah. <clears throat> September 12th of this year you can drink that's crazy for me to think about because last year was a 20 year yeah I remember going into a liquor store and they would have the 90s like oh 1998 you is like the legal I know now it's in the 20s now it's in the 2000s dude it's so weird I still love when I get carded though dude I always get carded there's never a time I would get carded when I had my big mustache never got carded really never ever Mm -hmm. People know. And then now since you shaved it off and have a baby face. I'm just a baby now. Hmm. Cut my hair, shave my mustache. I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, you've changed. <laughs> I don't know if it's for the better. Yeah, no. I'm still just out here, so. 
for sure. Okay, so let's dive into it. Uh, we should probably dive into Richard Jewell. Jules. Jules. Jules, yeah. Richard Jules. Yeah, talk about his history first. Which. Let's do it. Well, I'll let you kick it off. Well, I mean, the, the best part, I mean, everybody probably knows somebody just like Richard Jules, right? Kind of the odd duck. Once again, has a mustache. It's the 90s, so you have to have a mustache in the 90s. But uh, Richard's kind of just one of those those odd ducks. Really, really cares about people, right? Like, he wants to help people. And you can see that kind of in all his service careers. He's just a little, a little over the top, a little too passionate at times, which gets him in a little bit of trouble with some of his employers. Um, so we should probably elaborate on that. Right. So you know more. Well, talk about his first, his so first his job, first, or first sheriff's job. So he, yeah. So he was first hired by the sheriff's department. He was a jailer at that time. Got promoted to uh, deputy sheriff, but he also worked a part-time job as a, a security guy at an apartment complex that he lived at. And he really got in trouble when he I, he didn't arrest them, but he pretty much doing stuff like, off duty. Yeah, doing stuff off yeah. duty with no jurisdiction. With and it was a couple that were making too much noise in the parking lot. Yeah. Who, get, who cares? But he was by the books. Like from reading about his history, he was always by the books. He was honest. He cared about people. He was a good-hearted individual. And he might have had some mental disabilities that were unknown. Or just he even... He didn't get a lot of social cues. He, he got some, but he didn't get all the social mm-hmm. cues that what we define as normal mm. would have. Right. Or even more just like the awkwardness. He's just a giant teddy bear. Like, you look at photos of him, anything like that. He's a giant teddy bear. And like I said, everybody probably knows one dude exactly like him where you're like, you're stupid, but I love you. Like, yeah. oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So he got uh, in trouble for impersonating an officer, even though he was an officer. Yeah. An yeah. Officer for busting these, this couple that was making too much noise in the right. apartment complex in the hot tub so then he went on probation at his work and went undergo a psychological evaluation apparently passed that uh, regained his standing in the department and even and so from there uh, he crashed his p- uh, patrol car in 95 while pursuing a suspicious vehicle he resigned instead of accepting the demotion back to jailer and that's when he moved back to Atlanta, Georgia to take care of his mom. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure on the time frame if when he was working, because he worked as the part part salesman or some kind of like, yeah. he was in customer service of some sorts when he met the attorney that plays a huge role later on in his story. And I don't know if that was before he was a, a sheriff's officer or after. Because, I mean, from the time that happened to the Olympic bombing is only... Only about a year. Yeah, so... Very short period. I mean, but he is one of those dudes, like I said, 
like I said, like you, you just fall in love. You love the dude, even though he's a little on the the weirdo side. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was that short of a time frame, and um, the his attorney later on is just knew from that point on. Like, I feel like he's one of those guys you meet and you're just like, this is a good person. This is a good human being. Like, I don't know. So, yeah. so fast forward into the bombing. So well, the, yeah, the bombing happened. He was a security guard at that time. Noticed a a backpack that was abandoned. Called it in because it was suspicious. Uh, officers found that there was a bomb. It went off. But even prior to that. Uh, Later on, who will find out who the actual bomber is? Called nine one one and reported there is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have thirty minutes before it detonates. So we'll, let's dive in that with his background. Uh, Whose background? The actual murderer or the bomber? Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's as yeah. much as we'll say about it. But like, so that got called in. Richard Jules right. finds it reports it and they all just think he's just this security officer that's a nobody that is just stupid and they they don't take him serious no they 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 didn't take him serious whatsoever then they thought it was suspicious like he was a hero thought it was like oh why is this guy so nice mm-hmm. why well, it has to be him like they were like hey you know what we are on a deadline we need to find the fucking guy you know what this guy is going to be the perfect person to blame Right. That's how I took it. Yeah. And so, which is right. I mean, that is is the easiest turnaround for them. But so, they find the bomb. They call in the people. They look at it. They realize, holy shit, this is a bomb. We need to get everybody out of here. Richard Jules plays a huge part in the evacuation from... Yeah. And yelling at people, backing him up. And that even goes to show, like, people even in that sense of him yelling at them there's a bomb you need a backup still nobody took him serious because he's a security officer like they're like oh whatever like I personally I remember one time I got in trouble with the security officer in town rent a cop and I remember telling him this is when I was pretty fresh into the fire service but I thought I you know I thought I was some BDE type stuff and I remember he was yelling at me and I was like look dude big dick energy you know like yeah BDE but um no. Whatever you're doing in public. No. I don't know, so no. Know no. no. They don't they don't need to know about that. But I remember telling them like, hey dude, it's not a badge if you have to iron it on, it's a patch. Which, you know, that's what Richard Jules was. He was no longer a badge, he was a patch, so nobody took him serious. Like and so he ends up he gets everybody out and do we want to talk about how like how many people were actually affected by said bomb, or oh, do we yeah, want to play that sure. back? We should definitely dive into that. Yeah. So the initial, the Olympic bomb only had one fatality, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this was, I don't remember how big the explosive was or how big the kill radius was, but like, it was not small, packed of freaking nails and washers, and like, it was meant for destruction, and only one person ended up dying from it there was 100 i think 113 or 112 people that were injured however you know if this no-name security officer wouldn't have acted in that time a lot of 
a lot of fatalities would have happened. I definitely for agree. sure. More people would have died. It would have been a bigger event. I think it would be broadcasted more mm-hmm. in that time. Even um, to net today, like yeah, it would have been an event that people talked about. I mean, it's so swept under the rug. Yes, they made a movie about it. Yes, it's actually pretty close to it with everything that we've been reading. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to being just kind of a. It's sparks notes. Yeah, it's a quick cliff notes. I mean, it's hard to uh, compact, you know. Uh, There's a lot. A long, yeah, because I don't. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if they actually go into like uh, a little bit, like the end result, or if it's just based on his his day of or his 88 days he was under investigation. Dude, it, it was horrible. I felt bad for this guy. Like they they tricked him the whole entire time. They. Fucked him. They yeah. come through so they went. They had him go through so many fucking hoops. They so the FBI, since they were so eager to find the person, uh, they decided that hey, you know what? We're gonna have Jules come with us. We're gonna tell them hey, we're gonna make a video for training purposes. And obviously being the good-hearted person and him wanting to help the FBI in finding the individual Mm -hmm. that created this bomb and detonated it in a group of people, he went willingly. And this this is after they put him on the Today Show, 60 Seconds. Like, he was freaking praised. Like, hero. Like... They're like Richard Jules, and this is something this dude has, he's been overlooked his whole life. He's yeah. that weird outcast, got, you know, like, not necessarily let go, but resigned from some positions. And, um, like, you know, to go from nobody to somebody, one, for somebody who's already socially awkward, is probably wildly weird. But, you know, he became someone that he's always wanted to be, and, like, you know, probably somebody that he wants to go home and, like, take care of his mom and his mom be fu- proud of like and so then the FBI calls him down and just destroys him like yeah it's just so so dumb what they did is they told him that they were going to make a training video he agreed to go along with them to the headquarters he consented to a videotape interview but Later on, he started to grow suspicious, especially when they started reading his Miranda rights. They all they went around this like a roundabout way where they're like, "Hey, let's find a way that we can get him in here, not have his lawyer involved, not say that he is a suspect, but we definitely think this is the person. Let's get him to do a video confession with his rights being violated." And then once they read his Miranda rights, he stopped talking and asked for his lawyer. Which actually, because he has history in law enforcement, is probably what saved like his what ass. We're talking about, yeah, saved his ass. And I, I mean, I haven't watched his actual FBI interview, but I know that a lot of the stuff was kind of like, even like, hey, let's say you were the bomber, like, how would you like? What would you say on that call, like? very leading questions to try to even like even if they did get a confession out of him a false confession it was all so leading to where it was like they just wanted him to say what they wanted to hear regardless of how it turned out just so they they could 
pin some dude with it because they wanted it to be over because it was, I mean, for the state of Georgia, this is the biggest, the Olympics is the biggest thing that's ever happened in the state of Georgia at this time, right? Most, most money brought in, like most people came in, like nobody goes to Georgia, like unless you're in the military, like that's the only reason you go to Georgia, really. I guess I haven't been, so I can't really say that, but it was a huge, huge part. And so they wanted, they wanted a quick turnaround and so, so easy to just jump and be like, yep, this dude is our guy Mm -hmm. and I don't like it. Yeah. I can't believe they tried to get him to sign a a waiver for his uh, his rights away. Yeah. Dude, it's so fucked up. Like... If you're ever in that position, always have a fucking lawyer. Like, I love police. I'm pro-law enforcement, pro-fire, all that. But in that situation, or in a situation where you're falsely accused, always fucking lawyer up. Mm -hmm. Don't say shit. Lawyer up. Because, like, they will... In this instance, which it probably still happens to this day, they will find a way to get you to waive your right, uh, rights one way or and the other and it will be very manipulative and this this just shows it completely yeah and this well so hold on so like you said like he was praised as a hero and everything on all the all these national media sites but off in the distance, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution spilt the beans with an afternoon edition that proclaimed the FBI sus- suspect, hero, in quotations, mm-hmm. guard may have planted the bomb on the front page and then fucking news medias ran with Ate it. Ate it up. Dude. Ate def- it up. Def- uh, what, what's the word? Um, defamation? Def- defamation? Yeah, defamation. I, I don't know how I know that word, but I do. You, you know now <laughs> <laughs> to the full extent yeah started accusing him yep. false news like it happens today like today modern day 2022 fucking happens you can't trust media outlets because they're fucking biased with one side or the other it just proves the point I mean this should have been a warning sign obviously back in mm-hmm. 1996 when this all came about this is before twitter like way before fucking twitter i don't even think myspace was up tweet tweet motherfucker (laughs) uh yeah no and i mean it is like that goes to show you like you know even we struggle with a huge right now in today's time because you know everything's accessed at our fingertips but even back in the day like mainstream media was the quickest way to trash somebody or the quickest way to because it's I mean it's right there in your face kind of thing it's not you know I heard from her that this happened like okay well I don't know if I trust my bitchy next door neighbor like it is these are people that you're supposed to trust people you're supposed to agree with right wrong or indifferent like those are the those are the people that you look up to the media and when they come out and they start saying something it's hard to not be like well yeah like which actually is a good thing for the general public you should question your media and their facts and find trustworthy information 
I, I don't care if it's CNN, Fox, like you can't trust either of those news agencies for the fact that they're going to be biased mm-hmm. and they're going to be against each other. Like if you can find a news agency that is non-biased and releases truthful information, then by all means, like follow them. Like I wish that was a thing, but and tell everyone else who, yeah, tell everybody else who that but, is, so we can follow them. You know what's funny? Because <laughs> I know we're getting off on a tangent. We are, but it's okay. Uh, Anchorman, the exact like people wanted information, but their ratings started to go down, so that they started <laughs> fucking having high speed chases, <laughs> random fucking things like this panda is fucking another panda. Let's do cocaine on stage. And it, they're just trying to get ratings. And it seems like it's the same thing <laughs> now. <laughs> because if you watch the news and there's a high-speed chase, it's on the fucking news. You just it's created, or you just connected a comedic film to our modern-day history. And it that is, is exactly what it is. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. It's, but it's true. It's, it's sad, but it is true. 100%. It is like, true. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. So back to Jules. Yeah. So right. it's okay. That needed to be said. It did. It needed to be said. You no, know, we get off on tangents on this podcast. It happens. It's okay. Also, last time we didn't tell you guys that you should be drinking while we're doing this. You should definitely be drinking because yes, we are drinking the whole time. Yeah, we're drinking. We're patriotic and we drink. Anyways, We're the Larson the, the bottle right now. Uh, it's a good bottle. Pick it up. So drink half the drink half of it with us. The whole bottle. Yeah. Drink the whole bottle. Anyways, you can be on our level a little bit when we talk about the subject. And you should be on our level, mm-hmm. or you might not understand our compassion. So, so anyway, so yeah. At that moment, he's getting questioned. He says. Miranda writes, this doesn't seem good. I'm going to stop. So he calls Watson, which is the gentleman that he met while he was, right? It's Watson. I'm pretty sure it's Watson. So it was this, so he was working at a convenience store. Yeah, as like. Whatever it might be, like while he was living at his mom's. Correct. correct? Yep. Okay. And so Watson Bryant, Bryant, yeah, Bryant, is, is the gentleman that actually represented him. And so. When this happens, he he gets a hold of Watson and says, hey, man, this doesn't seem good. I think I'm in trouble. And he says, don't say anything. And I'm on my way. And, like, this just goes to show me personally, like, how much of a good guy Richard was. Like, you know, meet this random dude that's a very well-known attorney. You have his cell phone. You call him. And he just instantly comes down, represents you, and is like, He's like, you're not talking to my client. Like, just just puts him under his wing. And literally, honestly, probably saves this dude's life. Like, in a way of, you know, legal fees. And you get any other attorney like Joe Schmo off the, off the street that's going to get, you know, uh, a pretty high-end case. But, you know, a co- court-appointed attorney is, I guess, the right word to mm-hmm. put it as. They might, not, they might not give a shit because they don't know, they don't know the Richard that, you know, walked around the store and helped this dude and did all sorts of stuff. And like, so fortunate that he met him at a random job in between everything and ends up like 
being being the forefront because Richard wasn't much of a he wasn't much of a talker. He was kind of like kind of the guy that would sit back, listen, maybe chime in every once in a while with you know yeah. a one liner or whatever. But you know, very withdrawn. And Watson comes in and he's that he's that dude that carries the big stick and he he runs the show and he shows up and was definitely definitely the forefront on Richard's behalf and like shout out to him for doing that because that sounds like he another his neck out yeah from, oh yeah he knew the type of character he was mm-hmm. how honest he was uh, they built that bond over time and that just goes to show is if you meet someone that is that honest that is genuine like you should take their word for it and this lawyer did yeah. From the very beginning. Or just be kind to every single person you come in contact to because you never know later in your life how they're going to play a role. Yeah. So, anyway, so Watson assists him with the investig or not investigation, assists him with the legal stuff. Yeah. And for 88 days, Jules, is, Jules himself and his mother are just put under this freaking microscope, like followed to the grocery store, publicly publicly humiliated beat up like and the cops don't care because they just think like this is our dude like we're told this our guy you know cops are like firemen they're typically type a like you tell them what to do they're gonna do it like and so for 88 days his mom and him lived in hell they came in raided their house went through everything like they didn't find any nothing nothing they took they took all of his guns like did all this stuff and like couldn't find anything and offense to jules like dude's not smart enough to fucking create a bomb probably not dude i'm not fucking smart enough to create a bomb not one of youtube video maybe I don't feel like you can find. I can do anything off YouTube, but I don't. I don't. I hope you can't find that on YouTube. Dude, I really. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I hope that's not a YouTube, YouTubeable search, but maybe. YouTube censors everyone, so it's probably not. Just gotta go to Live Leak or whatever it is. What's Live Leak? That's where like you can watch like talent ban people, like behead other people. Oh and, shit! No, I'm good. Bro, you want to see some crazy mm-hmm. traumas? You go on that website and you won't sleep I don't for be a week. After a little bit. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Minutes of watching that probably be traumatized. Have to go talk to a therapist and deal with that whole. I'm a pure support. Thing. I'm a pure support member, so. Oh, you are. Not here locally, but, well, I guess I am technically locally. So I'm certified, so you know we'll get a bottle and we'll talk about your issues. So now I have to support another bottle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jules was investigated for 88 days before. <clears throat> before the FBI actually hand delivered him a letter stating you are no longer a suspect we've cleared you and the only reason that came about is um, they finally brought him and his attorney in and kind of did like this hardcore debrief and you know there was a lot of dudes in in that role within the FBI that were not convinced that he was the guy but I can't remember if it was the head dude or whoever it was, was like extremely passionate about naming Jules as, as the guy. And so it was, it was top down kind of, we're going to, we're going to ruin this dude's life and we're going to pin this on him. And that didn't happen because it wasn't true. So, um, Pretty crazy. And there's like a bunch of lawsuits. He filed like, I don't know how many lawsuits against different companies that settled 
out of court for small claims, but there was one company. I don't know it if it was, was the all a- over five hundred thousand dollars. Like they fucked up. Like all the news agencies fucked up. Yeah, but the one took them, and it it didn't get resolved for nine years or something like that. No, it couldn't have been nine years because he'd be dead. But uh, um, whatever it was, they took it and fought it and fought it. And they actually won in the end that they didn't uh, publicly humiliate or falsely accuse or because they said some weird terminology and it was kind of BS, but, mm. you know, whatever. But he's cleared, which is great. And that leads us into the yeah. continual bombings. That were going on. The actual person that did three bombings. So, I'm going to dive into this a little bit. Uh, The individual that later confessed to all the crimes, it was a manhunt. Two eyewitnesses saw it, saw him drop it, drop the bag. Um, and why they didn't go after it is beyond me. So is Eric Rudolph's confession. So I'll dive into that. If you have time, I type in full text of Eric Rudolph's confession because it's phenomenal. I believe that there's a video on it as well. You can listen to his actual confession or you can read it. It's about 11 pages. Uh, I know NPR has it. It is mind book like the whole confession his reasoning behind it a little bit I'll try to hit all the main points when it comes to it but I know I'm going to miss out uh, a, a few details please don't try to fact check me on it I just recommend you go to NPR read his full confession so I'm just going to dive right into it so the reasoning behind the bombing at the Olympics was to show how weak the US government was to the rest of the world Um, he never intended to injure or to kill anyone or injure anyone. He, like Brody said, uh, approximately like 10 minutes ago is he called 911 45 minutes prior to the bomb going off. He set all his timers for 45 to 50 minutes. Um, so that people could disperse. He wanted to show how weak the government was, and this showed how weak the government was, because one, government didn't listen to it. Two, yeah, Jules that called 911, tried to get people away, and people didn't listen to him. So it kind of just shows the lack of communication and so forth. Uh, but all three bombings he had on a 45 minute to 50 minute timer and never wanted to kill anyone. He only wanted to injure people, uh, that worked for the government. So police officers, FBI, military, uh, he wasn't an anarchist. He doesn't identify as an anarchist, at least in his confession. He believes in government but he believes that the U.S. government is failing and this was his moment to speak up about it by placing these bombs, which isn't right whatsoever. I'm not saying that. Uh, but And you, you even see that at the uh, 
when after he's getting, you know, the manhunt, which we won't go into that, but he didn't even want to hurt people because of the the final bombs he set up. He never even deployed because no. he knew. He actually made them go off on his own because they are too high risk. Yeah. And didn't want it and got rid of. Yeah, them. he turn he turns it off and like doesn't actually deploy it because he didn't. He had the mindset of like I'm gonna take these people yeah. out because they've been doing this and we won't go into the manhunt no. yet but um he he didn't want he wanted to prove a point like you're saying he yeah. wanted to be the one that called attention to the u.s government and the the public in general of his his reasonings behind it i don't agree with yes like i can see his reasoning behind proving the point about the government but the other two reasons why the other two bombings went off. Besides at the Olympics, uh, one was at an abortion clinic and one was at a gay bar. I don't know the name of the gay bar, but the three reasons was abortion, gay rights, and the federal government mm-hmm. was the motive for the attacks. Like, he did not believe in abortion. He thought that killing a, a fetus was a human being and how we made that morally okay to do which I understand like I'm not for or against uh, abortion I understand people's reasonings for doing it Uh, I think it should still be an option but at the same time like you you understand like from his confession like I started understanding his thought process a little bit on why he was against it because it's a human life and how can you morally justify taking a human life and he goes in depth like there's paragraphs of him going in depth on on it how doctors that are in that field are just doing it so that they get more money and then there's doctors that really just don't have any soul like how are you okay with this and was not okay with it so like after the olympic bombing he bombed an abortion clinic because he did not believe in it. Um, I can't recall if anyone was hurt in that bombing. I thought a police officer died. Was it that one or the gay bar? I think a police officer was the abortion Okay. clinic. So no one else was injured, but he gave time. Like, he, he was the one that called 911. He never wanted to hurt innocent people. That was never his motive. Like, through his whole confession, he never wanted to hurt innocent people. He didn't want anyone to die. He wanted to prove a point. So he called 911. He made the 911 call at the very beginning, 45 minutes prior to the bomb going off, which was a 45 minute to a 50 minute timer. That tells you there's a disconnect. One, that they didn't listen, that they didn't do anything about it, which is fucked up mm-hmm. because they could have prevented people being injured. Even at the Olympic bombing, they could have prevented individuals being injured and ultimately being killed because he called 911 45 fucking minutes prior to that bomb going off and then you have Jules that called 911 and got everyone away and people still didn't listen and the government still didn't do anything but blame him but blame him <laughs> so it, like I know I already brought it up 
and I repeated myself on this, but I'm trying to prove the point of like government fucked up in this situation. What Eric Rudolph did was completely wrong. 100% wrong. He should have never done it. Like, yes, you have different beliefs than everyone else. That is okay. Everyone has the right to do that. Uh, and then the next bombing was at a gay bar. He also planned multiple bombs later on that he wanted to go off, but it didn't happen. Um, first, I'll dive into that gay bar. So he doesn't believe in gay marriage. He doesn't believe in... He, he's okay with people having gay tendencies and being gay, but to keep in the closet. He doesn't believe that it should be taught in schools. He doesn't believe that it should be thrown in your face. That is what his confession talked about. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally disagree with that. Like, you know, it should be accepted. He didn't believe in gay marriage. Like, who cares? Like, if someone wants to date someone of the same sex and has those tendencies or loves that person, go for it. Like, totally go for it. Yep. Him wanting to bomb to prove a point is the wrong way of going about it. Completely. Like, you can have the right to your own opinion, which everyone should. It's freedom of speech. It's in the Constitution. But acting upon it and causing harm is completely wrong. So, those were the three bombs. He also planted try to plant a bomb at the FBI headquarters in that small town uh, because they're on a manhunt. Like, he fled. He was on foot for the last five years before he was ever caught. He was in the hills of North Carolina um, or in the mountain ranges of North Carolina hills. I don't know what the fuck they have over there. It's hills. It's not mountains. Yeah. It's the East Coast. So, you, like, he's hidden in these in this area. He was able to go into cabins that he knew were abandoned for that season. Like, he was able to hide. He was scavenging for food. He became very weak. Uh, so he wasn't able to really focus on that attack of the FBI at that point in time. Uh, but he also created booby traps to the area that he was at, which later on he detonated himself so that people wouldn't get injured because it was so, like, sketchy mm -hmm. to travel in that area. And he got inv involved with, like, a uh, a cult, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I thought he I did because I feel like... I didn't read that in his confession. Okay. Well, I thought I remember... Because I watched... I mean, I watched it, so it was probably might not be 100% accurate, but I remember there was people that supported him, and that's one of the reasons he went and hid out in this North Carolina town, because there was people there that supported his causes. Oh, and okay. so he went into the mountains, and they would do food drops, and they would provide him with weapons and shelter him and um, really enabled him for those those five years that he spent hiding out. Like, yeah. is, I think it, I might be wrong when I say this, but I'm pretty sure, I, I remember hearing it, that it was the most expensive manhunt mm -hmm. in all of United that. States history because the amount the of people, wanted. the most wanted, like, um, I mean, and they even, at one point they put out, like, 
I can't remember how much money it was, but it was like a million dollar bounty for him. And so you started having all these bounty hunters and <clears throat> anyone from the town that was like, if you report this guy and you find him, like, we'll actually pay you and uh, like dead or alive type type of thing. And so they had people that weren't even uniformed officers like Doc, Doc the bounty hunter would have showed up just to Dude, try to. Doc the bounty hunter. Yeah, he would he would have shown up just to try to Yeah, exactly. And like you had all these people, so you didn't even just have, you know, sworn officers. You had random Joe Smoes running through the woods creating foot tracks. Like you're tracking people that are actually trying to find the same damn person you're looking for too. So it created a huge kind of uh issue within that. Also all the caves and um the climate and it, it was uh it was extensive, the whole thing. Like, it, it was interesting to add on to that uh, with his confession. He got comfortable with his routine. Like, he was hunting, gathering, and he was eating shitty food. But, like, when helicopters would come, like, he dug a hole underneath a rock so that he, like, the heat signatures, they wouldn't be able to find him. Mm-hmm. Like, he would hide. But he got super comfortable, and that's what ultimately led to them finding him because the witnesses saw him. Like, he really wanted to go through with his bombings and have those plans, but one, he became too weak. Two, didn't have enough supplies. Um, three, he was going to hijack a truck, but the truck that he wanted to steal or jump hot wire wouldn't have made it 200 miles to say the least so it was an older truck worn down probably a Ford so what are you I had to, just I had to say it I had to say it Taylor it's funny the Ford <laughs> uh, well yeah, yeah see Could be. it's probably a Dodge now, it's huh? probably a Dodge honestly I still love but, Dodge Either way, like... But his comfortability was a huge thing. I mean... Yes. When he planted those last bombs, I mean, there was proof that he had been sitting there watching and watching for weeks on it. Like, the FBI... Yeah. Yeah. Like, their their temporary outpost that they set up there. Like, he was less than, what, two, three hundred yards away from this place? And he sat there for for a long time. He just, just kept moving. Yeah. And, like, that's just freaky. Like, when you're that demented to where you're just like, man, these guys are looking for me, probably the last place you look is, like, underneath your left foot, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe the closer you are, the better, but... Yeah. So... Weird. He decided to write this confession so that... Because he knew. He, it was a tactical decision on his part per his confession is he decided to write this confession so that he would avoid the death penalty because he knew he was going to be convicted in one of the three places mm-hmm. um, that, jo- that happened. Georgia don't mess around. Mm-hmm. No. So he decided to do a written confession to avoid the death penalty, which he did. He fucking read a confession that said, stated that he's the one that had it, and he is sorry for the people that got injured and killed. That wasn't his intended targets. So, if you think about it, if the fucking government did their job, no one should have been fucking injured, 
and no one should have died. Mm-hmm. And because of Jewel, uh, Jules, what's his first name? Richard. Richard Jules. He, like, more people could have died. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, more people could have died. Which, <clears throat> and I mean, in retrospect, it's not really retrospect, but do you think that if, if that would have happened, if the initial Olympic bombing killed hundreds of people, like it sure as shit could have, do you think you would have been done and not bombed the next targets? Because, I mean, that's never his... His intention wasn't to cause mass homicide, like... Or whatever the right know. world is. I think he was or do you think that would have triggered him or, to kill more people or, at that point? I don't think... He, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that, yes, he would have still wanted to do the bombs... It's. Because he could be just saying it, like in his confession, like, yeah, I didn't intend to it, but get off on people dying. But he has no previous history of violent tendencies or like serial killer vibes Mm -hmm. by any means. So I'm not entirely sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he uh, a former service member? I thought that's how he learned to make bombs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Which... I can look that up. Yeah, I mean, I can look it up, but... Yeah, let's look that up really quick. Just because I think... For those fact-checkers that are out there. Mm. Because I think that's how he learned to make bombs, and um, that might have even been where some of his ideologies and mindsets came from. Yeah, okay, so after he was, after Rudolph uh, received his GED, he enlisted in the U.S. Army, undergoing basic training at uh, Fort, or at Fort Benning in Georgia, um, discharged in 89 due to marijuana use. Okay. So yeah, he could have learned how to do it there. Yeah, so he was in the so 101 Airborne. So I'm assuming he was... Probably dishonorable. dishonorable. Yeah. Which, bro, that's the 80s. Everybody did that. So... Or was that more of, like, the 60s and 70s? I have no idea. I just said that because that felt right, but... <laughs> could be wrong. Um, it just says he was discharged. It doesn't say whether it was... Hmm. Honorable or dishonorable, but... Um, I think it's probably dishonorable. I'm assuming. Yeah. Which that could, I I actually think it was dishonorable because I, I feel like I remember hearing or reading that that's what caused him to hate the government was the fact that they kicked him out for that reason. So that just kind of, that's the trigger. Yeah. That's the triggering point of like the government's out to get us. Like, cause I think he was a pretty passionate, um, individual, like within the service. And then they did that, and that triggered him to be like, 
screw you, this is not right. So crazy though. So I think, or I know that's where he learned how to create, detonate, and deploy those tactics. That's why he was so good at hiding for so long is because, you know, what, 89, that, I don't know if, was there a war going on in 89? Because that's not, that's, I don't feel like there was anything, maybe I'm wrong. Because what year, I don't, I feel like. The Gulf War was in the early 1990s. So, but discharged in 89, so he's discharged in 89, so it's pre-Gulf War, so I don't know. So the Cold War was going on, well, apparently, from 1945 to 1989. So tail end of that kind of stuff, I don't know, which, right, wrong, or indifferent, I don't know really his, his length or his, his duties within, but he was in, that's where he learned how to do all that stuff. That's where he learned to disguise, live with the land, like, you know, to be able to do that for five years too, that's like insane. Like I could do it for like two days and then I'd probably go insane because I couldn't talk to anybody. Dude, for five years, like five years, why don't like... Bear Grylls can't even do that shit. Dude, I'm surprised he didn't fucking go to Mexico, but he still had an agenda. He still wanted to set up more fucking bombs. Yeah. Which is fucking wild to think about. Yeah. That, hey, I'm not done yet. I want to set up more bombs, so I'm going to stick around. Besides, the FBI can't find me. I would say, fuck that. I'm going straight to fuck Mexico and drink margaritas on the beach. Coronas all day. Hello. Yeah. Hola. Hola, amigo. Like, hey, gracias, senor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, really weird dude. Really mm-hmm. weird dude. Very, very odd. Crazy story, though. Like, to go from Richard Jules and to Eric Rudolph... You know, the FBI member that was so sought after the conviction and, you know, just 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 everything that the whole thing. It's so underreported too. like. So a takeaway is one. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Always the first takeaway. Don't don't do drugs. Okay, so we have a few takeaways on this. (laughs) Mentally fucked up, especially wanting to do bombs. So that would be the second takeaway. Third <laughs> takeaway from this is the government fucks up again constantly. All the time. And this is a prime example of how the government royally fucked up. I mean, they fucked up. And tried to just... Just blame a random fucking person. Which, you know, actually... Freaking Paul Blart. Now. Paul Blart. Okay. You've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. Mall Cop, baby. Yeah, let's not fucking listen to this guy. <laughs> He's a mall cop. Well, maybe, a scooter. Maybe that's why I feel so bad for Jules is because that it's just love it. I just Lark. I just love that movie. It's a good movie. Um, at least he gets a hot girl at the end. Uh, Richard was he did get married. Yeah. Surprisingly, he or well, not surprisingly because ladies look for look for a good guy. Yeah. Find yourself a freaking Richard Jules. Not a douchebag. Not a douchebag. Even though Richard is short for dick, it's not short for douchebag. Find yourself a good guy. 
marry him. I can't remember how long he's married, but he's married until he died. I know that to the same girl. I think it was like 98 he got married. Mm-hmm. And then Richard later died in 2007, which That's a short period. Yeah, I mean Did I don't th- I don't think um, I can't remember. I thought it had something to do with heart, heart-related heart stuff. Because um, he was a heavier offset dude, you know. Yeah. I don't know how well he took care of himself. The photos don't look like he was the most active. However, he's definitely definitely the dude you want to see uh, on your side. Um, but what I love about the story is that uh, they finally caught... Um, Rudolph, right? Rudolph? Why does yeah. that sound weird when I say it now? Rudolph? Rudolph? When I said it, it's Jules. No, 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 oh, no. Rudolph. Eric Rula. Oh, Rudolph. Eric. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, mine's in a different place. I'm trying no, no. to figure out, like, how he died. Yeah, you looked that up. But I love that, I love that he got caught, and there was some closure in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, what is that, nine years after the initial bombing is when he got caught. I love that there was that closure for Richard before he died in 2007. Like, because yeah. even though, even though you know that you didn't do it, there's still a, a shit ton of people out there that probably hated him for it because they, even then, they were like, oh, we don't agree with the government for clearing you or whatever it is. Like, they finally got their guy. He had closure for two years. And I bet that was just... I. I bet that was the the highlight of that dude's life. I bet he cried. I probably would have cried. So he died of heart disease? Yeah. Okay, so I was right. Along, he had a history of diabetes, and he suffered kidney failure, and those were contributing factors to his heart disease and why he died. Like, wife found him on the floor. So sad. Uh, in 07. February of 07. Rest in peace. R.I.P. What date? How weird would that be if this was his date of death? Uh, no, sorry. I was wrong on the date. Damn, you just August did that to 29th. me. Sorry. You just did that to me. I was like, I was going to get a little <laughs> I super... Out. I was getting superstitious. I was like, shit, if he died on this day, like, nope. we're taking August a shot. 29th, all right, all right. Well, we got a few months before. We'll take a shot for him then. R.I.P. Sorry. <clears throat> Crazy story. Yeah. Crazy story. But is there any more takeaways besides that? No. Those? Mm-mm. Okay. Not at all. Well. Well, thank you guys for sticking along with this podcast, listening to us ramble on about the Olympic 1996 bombings. We hope you had a great time. Listening to us, learn something new, learn about a new bo- uh, bottle that you could possibly buy. Price point super cheap. Uh, it's dependent on what state you live in, but at least here in Oregon, you're going to spend between 25 and 26 bucks. Yeah. Not a bad price. Especially if you want to drink something neat or on the rocks or a cocktail. Whatever way that you enjoy whiskey is not the wrong way. And we highly, I, I mean, I don't know about we, I highly recommend this one. Oh, this for is sure. I delicious. I mean, we're cool. a couple drinks in and still, still tastes good. good. And after letting the bottle breathe a little bit, 
it's good. Flavors Open, opens up a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. Well, thanks for joining us. Yep. As always, thank you. And cheers. Cheers.